0: This is BMO Smarter Investing for October 2022. Join top BMO economists Douglas Porter, Sal Gutierrez, and Jennifer Lee for trends and forecasts across the economic landscape so you can make more thoughtful investment decisions.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Sal Gutierrez. Oil prices shot higher after the onset of the Ukraine war, fanning inflation and global recession fears. While they have pulled back, they remain historically high, and some analysts worry another surge is possible. To discuss the outlook for oil prices and their implications for inflation, interest rates, and the economy, I'm joined by Art Wu, Director and Senior Economist. Art, investors remain concerned about the outlook for crude oil prices given how big of a contributor they've been to the surge in inflation. Let's start with the here and now. What's driving prices at the moment?
0: Yes, uh, I think that's a good point to start the discussion because of the wild swings which you had mentioned that crude oil had experienced this year. So maybe perhaps I could just spend a couple of minutes recapping, focusing on West Texas Intermediate Crude, or WTI, we'll call it for short. It started out the year at around $75 per barrel, steadily climbed to $90 in February as concerns over faltering global supply increase really the inability of OPEC-plus members to meet their production quotas. But obviously, prices subsequently jumped after Russia's invasion of Ukraine and concerns that Russian crude output could get shut in. Back then, WTI climbed to over 120 by early June, and there was lots of chatter that $150 was simply a mere formality. Instead, prices started to slowly sink as fears of global recession set in, And obviously, falling oil demand would ensue. All of this because the central bank monetary policy tightening really picked up. So WTI basically sunk towards $77 by late September. Pretty amazing. Then in response, OPEC Plus decided to cut its production target by 2 million barrels per day earlier this month. Oil bounced back to $90 and it's since been hovering around $85. So it appears we've reached a point where there is basically this tug of war taking place between fears of global recession and weakening global demand versus OPEC plus ability to constrict global supply further. So we think in the near term or basically the rest of the year, WTI will continue to hover around the current level of $85, which is actually our official forecast for the rest of the year.
1: Well, that certainly would be good news to see at least some stability in oil prices. And it's certainly been good news that they pulled back from those highs you talked about. I mean, just to put things in perspective, the U.S. inflation rate, CPI rate in June hit a 40-year high of of 9.1% on a yearly basis. And it was that 60% surge in gasoline costs that accounted for one quarter of the increase in inflation. So Now, the pullback in fuel costs since then is is a big reason U.S. inflation has now fallen by about one percentage point uh, since then. And certainly a further decline in oil prices would be welcome. What about the longer term outlook? What's the outlook for WTI oil prices in 2023?
0: Uh, Yes, this is where things get much trickier for commodity forecasters, as we're likely to see how this tug of war between supply and demand really plays out. However, let me start off by saying this, our baseline projection, our forecast for WTI is for it to average $90 in 2023, which means that we see crude more or less going to trade slightly above current levels. Admittedly, it's unlikely WTI is going to trade in a straight line, and we're going to see some more swings as happened over the past year, albeit perhaps not to the same degree. It's clear the cartel or OPEC plus it's more concerned about the WTI, particularly when it fell below ninety dollars in late August, which prompted the cartel to introduce what was seemingly a kind of insignificant hundred thousand barrel per day cut at its September ministerial meeting. But this was obviously backed up by this bigger two million barrel cut that I mentioned earlier after oil fell below eighty. So. We've taken this view, it seems reasonable to conclude that OPEC Plus, it's looking to maintain a floor for WTI of around $90. And, you know, $90 to $100 over an expended period would tick a lot of boxes from the cartel perspective. Let me go over just three key ones. One, it would allow basically key members like Saudi Arabia to maintain really comfortable budget surpluses. The IMF last estimated that Saudi Arabia's fiscal break-even was around $80 for 2022. But it's clear Saudi Arabia wants a bigger buffer and wants to build up its foreign re- its fiscal reserves to support its national transformation program, which is really aimed at diversifying its economy away from oil. Two, $90 should prevent a surge in non-OPEC production, particularly in the U.S. And three, and it's arguable, but it should prevent global inflationary pressures from flaring up once again and forcing central banks to really tighten to the point that triggers a deep recession. We also think that $90 fits from a global oil demand perspective, as opposed, let's say, to an average of 110, 120, or even higher. Though we don't share the optimism of some of the big organizations, the International Energy Agency or OPEC who are projecting global oil demand to rise roughly around two million barrels per day in 2023. We don't see demand collapse in next year like has happened in prior downturns. So we're of the view that global oil demand could probably stay flat or just slightly fall in 2023. Demand could also receive a boost if China exits from its zero COVID strategy.
1: Well, period of more boring oil prices would certainly be welcome. Steady oil prices will basically have a neutral impact on inflation in 2023. Uh, That's not a bad thing and will certainly come as a relief for the Fed and other central bankers. Probably would allow the Fed to, uh, in our view, pause its rate hiking campaign by early next year. And mind you, this has been one of the most aggressive hiking campaigns since the 1980s. Unfortunately, the Fed is still focused on core inflation. So when you take out energy and then also equally fast rising food costs, that's still running around 6.5% for the core CPI in the US. And as a consequence, we still anticipate the Fed will raise rates an additional 150 basis points by uh, February of next year. And we do not expect it to cut rates until uh, early 2024. But definitely steadier oil prices would be much by uh, global central bankers. It sounds like the oil market is still facing plenty of uncertainty and major risks next year. So we shouldn't necessarily be baking a $90 forecast into the cake just yet. Is that right?
0: Yeah, Sal, I have to agree. There are major risks facing the oil market. I do think the $90 forecast captures the balance of risk, especially when compared to, say, what the futures market is currently implying, which it's implying WTI, to average around just under $80 next year. So an oil producer could basically sell all or part of its production in 2023 for just under $80. Nonetheless, we think the risks to our forecast lie on the upside, as we're just simply more concerned about the cartel tightening supply further, as opposed to non-OPEC plus increase in supply or global oil demand correct and sharply even though, you know, recessionary concerns are growing. It's basically clear to us there are limits to, you know, the Biden administration's use of the strategic petroleum reserve, which is likely the end of this year. And even more interestingly, the White House recently revealed that they would begin to build its reserves when prices are at or below 67 to $72 per barrel. So basically, Biden's effectively set a floor on the price of crude oil. Now, what they're trying to do is basically induce US shale companies to ramp up production, which have stalled a late. However, we doubt this effectively explicit floor price, which is just at or slightly above what producers need to be profitable, will incentivize them to ramp up production. If you look at basic crude oil production over the past half year, it stood pat at roughly 12 million barrels per day. As shale producers, They would just simply remain under intense pressure to remain, to maintain capital discipline. There are some other factors like labor shortages, rising costs, and just the general level of volatility is keeping producers at bay. I would also note that, you know, the U.S. Energy Information Department, they actually made a big revision to its forecast for output. They're now looking for output to climb just to 12.6 million barrels per day at the end of 2023 this is basically an eight hundred thousand barrel revision from a couple months ago so you add in that with the fact that it's clear that the us and saudi arabia they're clearly at loggerheads over oil and russia it's clear that you know the biden administration they feel the kingdom is siding with russia on the war in ukraine Meanwhile, Saudi Arabia, on the flip side, they're concerned about the West's price cap on Russian crude oil. They're basically concerned the West may form some type of cartel or buyers' club to counter OPEC's plus position on, on you know, controlling oil output and prices. So we think this concern may lead to further friction in the coming year, and could lead the cartel to reduce supply once again. So on balance the risks so favor crude oil on the upside versus the downside, barring a major global economic downturn.
1: Otherwise,
0: we also think the world is in a position where global oil demand is still likely to edge up in the coming few years.
1: Well, that's a bit disheartening because it kind of emphasized our general view that we believe the inflation risks are still skewed to the upside Uh, not just because, as you mentioned, all price risks are probably leaning that way, but because of just the the stickiness and stubbornness in inflation pressures that we're seeing in labor markets and and some rental markets. So we do believe inflation has peaked in both the US and Canada, but it's going to be a very slow ride back to that. Those 2% inflation targets of the central banks may take a couple of years, maybe even longer. And that generally underscores our our view that both economies, U.S. and Canada, probably headed for a, a mild downturn through next year because really that's the only thing that's going to ease these inflation pressures, wage growth in particular, so that we see inflation on a sustained downward course to the point where central banks can at least move to the sidelines next year and stop raising interest rates and then eventually cut rates in 2024. So it's a bit unfortunate that there's still those upside risks to inflation stemming from oil prices, because that certainly would make the Fed and Bank of Canada's job of uh, restoring price stability and uh, at the same time avoiding a deep recession much more uh, difficult. Your last comment makes me wonder, uh, what do you think about peak oil demand? Are we getting close to this threshold given the the robust growth in, in electric vehicles in the past couple of years?
0: Yeah, it's a tough one to answer. I mean, if you scan various projections of peak oil demand, you know, in terms of what level it peaks at and what year, it remains a subject of, you know, huge debate. Many organizations may actually think we may have reached the peak demand, while others think we won't reach it until the end of the late 2030s. So demand could still grow by a half to a million barrels per day annually. What we're probably more confident of saying is that in the short to medium term, we think it's reasonable to expect that global oil demand will continue to recover. So it's basically unlikely that the pandemic or the pickup in the global decarbonization push has markedly changed the world's reliance on crude oil, particularly in emerging markets. So, put another way, the existing capital stock of crude oil that relies on crude oil as an input, such as internal combustion cars, chemical plants, that's not going to be easy replaced with new environmentally friendly stock. So even though EVs, they accounted for nearly 10% of global auto sales in 2021, that's up four times from 2019. EVs still only account for a tiny proportion of the total global stock of cars on the road, maybe 2% max now. So we think global oil demand could edge up to around currently from around 100 million barrels per day on average this year to around 103 to 105 in the next five years. So I think that's a pretty balanced base case scenario. However, if you look beyond 2025, the picture does become a little clouded. It's not difficult to imagine that policymakers make a more concerted effort to accelerate this whole clean energy transition. Again, though, if you view it from a longer-term perspective of supply demand, a slight increase in global oil demand and a stagnant supply picture again favors elevated global oil prices.
1: So we're still uh, several years away from uh, so-called peak oil demand. One final question. I couldn't help but notice that the price of Western Canada oil prices has been selling uh, well below the price of U.S. oil. What's going on there?
0: Yeah, it's a good spot. At at one time, you know, the discount of of Western Canada Select, which is basically heavy oil produced in Alberta of the sour variety, uh, it blew out to like $30 per barrel a few weeks ago. And this was from an average of 20, which was below its long run average. And And basically what happens is there was a huge amount of maintenance in the Midwest amongst Midwest refiners. And also Midwest refiners were cutting their refinery runs as they couldn't actually ship products due to the low level of the Mississippi River. However, that discount, it's slightly narrowed to around 25 bucks in recent days, as you know, some of the maintenance has become completed. So what we're thinking is as this maintenance Sort of completes, and most importantly, the Biden administration they end its release of SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve barrels, which are basically of the heavy sour variety, which compete directly against Western Canada. Once that ends, we could see greater demand for Western Canada oil, and we think basically, you know, we could return to the long-run average of around fifteen bucks. But this isn't likely to take place until maybe early to mid 2023 or early next year
1: oh so canadian oil producers not getting top dollar for their product right now but there seems to be a light at the end of that tunnel for them art thanks for the engaging and thoughtful discussion i'm sure you've given uh, investors plenty to ponder as they wade through a very uncertain economic climate if your outlook for at least uh, steadier oil prices plays out we'll count that as a win and one last thing to worry about regarding the outlook for inflation, interest rates, and the global economy. Thanks, everyone, for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to BMO Smarter Investing, a podcast brought to you by BMO Investor Line. We are here to empower Canadians to invest smarter. For more information on how you can start investing today, visit bmo.com online
1: investing. And be sure to subscribe to this show to get the latest episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.